First of all, the healed feminine is going to heal this planet. Not just women, the healed feminine, almost especially in men. Can I deviate away from my conditioned normalcy? And can I start looking at a much deeper intimacy? When you look inside your heart, you see that your heart really loves life and really embraces life and doesn't have that same fear and that that's really the, the source of your courage. You first travel into the shadow. How is that, how is that, how is that impacting my life? It really shifts the energy so quickly in the mind, in the body. It's because you're not dismissing, you're not fighting the ego, you're not fighting the small self. You're welcoming it in, but you're just saying, hey, I actually know what I want and I'm choosing to change that for myself. Hey Soul Family, this is your host, Nick Walker, and welcome to the Soul Food for Thought podcast, the hub of all things physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. The mission here is simple. How can we tap into our highest power and well-being as individuals and leverage that foundation to create more joy, freedom, love, fulfillment, and success? not only for ourselves, but for the world at large. Danny Katz has an authenticity, a passion, and an enthusiasm um, that is very distinct. And, you know, she's very straightforward. She's very honest. She's very truthful. And so I really loved the show with her, and I loved having her on the podcast. Um, And so we talk about language. We talk about... It's almost like our words, you know, are are a reflection of the perceptions that we are upholding within our mind. And the perceptions that we are upholding within our mind, um, it's, it's almost like we are giving them more. Okay, so let's say there's a, a perception in our mind that we have about something. Whether we wanted it there, whether 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 we wanted it to be there or not, it's like whenever we are speaking words, either our words can reinforce that and expand that perception, or our words can dismantle that perception and, and undermine it. And so we really talk about in the show, like you know, the power of language, the power of word, and being able to consciously direct it in a way that serves us you know in in a a way that is constructive uh, towards what it is that we want to experience within this life we talk about rewording our reality um, which at a deeper level is recreating our reality it's re-perceiving our reality it's becoming very clear on what it is that we do not want to co-create with and being able to reverse that, to change it into something that is serving us. And not only something that is serving us, but something that is true for us. We talk specifically about some of these, um, you know, the ways in which we are told to think and believe that may not necessarily be in alignment with our actual experience and, and, and uh the energy or the consciousness that wants to emerge through us and as us. 
Um, so briefly in this podcast, for example, I mentioned my experience as a black man in the society and, you know, how I'm constantly bombarded with perceptions and ideas and, you know, whatever about, about how quote unquote hard it is supposed to be for me and all of these things. Right. And it's not that I, it's not that I do not have compassion and understanding for people who have had you know these certain experiences that have reinforced certain perceptions within their mind but it's like it's almost like we can be so easy to adopt perspectives and perceptions whatever whatever you want to call them and to allow them to run our ship whenever like we don't want them on our ship <laughs> you know what i mean and so for yeah and, and so with that example like yeah you know i, I i'm not going to conform to these ideas of what it should be like to be african-american in this society it doesn't mean that i'm not going to have you know it doesn't mean that i'm going to be insensitive to people who have experienced you know legitimate prejudice um and, and injustice whenever it may be but i can't afford as a as a co-creator of my reality to give my power to something that is creating undesirable outcomes for me so with that said enjoy this show with danny katz and i appreciate you for listening everyone welcome to the soul food for thought podcast and today i'm excited to bring you danny katz danny is a quantum languaging consultant an author and a transformational coach um and you could also call her the 5d word witch so Danny, thank you for being here and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Nick. I'm excited to be here. Mm-hmm. So my first question for you is what's alive for you right now? What is alive for me? Um, what's alive for me is all the opportunity. I, I'm watching as so many of our, our constructs and assumptions and the things that we held faith in are crumbling. And I'm like, let's rebuild, let's do it better. I'm, I'm just so excited at the space that's being created um, to recreate things from the ground up in ways that serve the whole um, and greatest possible good. Mm, that's so powerful. And that really extends into what's alive for me right now. It's because I'm noticing all of the attachments that I have given so much power previously in my life and, you know, to to, to all of these ideas that we are told that are going to keep us safe and, and all of these things. But it's like, no, like it is so, it can be so, um, easy for people to create prisons with their consciousness. Um, which is their which is our, which is our greatest resource it's our greatest power you know what I mean and so there is something in my life right now that is is really asking me to take a look at it and to say hey like I know that this thing may seem like it is the source of your security or whatever but it's not it's outdated and the world that is being created this thing that you're giving that that you have given so much power to is it's it's asking like you said to to, to crumble mm-hmm. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really extreme right now because it's not like a baby step. Like, let's take our time letting go of these illusions. It's It feels like this giant rug pull, which I know is jarring for all, all of us. And I, I'm in a similar place of having these things being taken away and reminding myself, you know, this is not the source of my abundance. You know, whatever X, Y, Z is. Source. God is the source of my abundance. I am the source of my abundance. This is not the source of my security. This is not the source of my shelter. You know, and just coming back to that larger trust. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because because some people will say like, yeah, well, you know what, Nick? Like, that's just not the world that we live in. And that's just not something that I can... That's just not that. That's just not a philosophy or a way of thinking that I, I literally cannot be in alignment with that, because whenever you feel this power, this freedom within yourself in this inner world, anything that that is outside of you that is not congruent to that perspective, and and it's a very open, it's a very wide perspective. Anything that's not in alignment with that just has to go. Hundred percent, a hundred percent, and it's. I'm rereading Robert Anton Wilson's Cosmic Trigger right now. And he talks about people think that reality is singular and static. And the truth is, is that reality is plural and mutable. So when you, you know, when you were saying that this person said to you, the world doesn't work like that. It's like my world does. My world works. However, I choose my world to work. And it, yeah, it's exactly what you said. Like when I when I track what's going on in the news or this and that, and I see that fear is being generated in me, I remind myself that's not my paradigm. I'm not living in a world that's run by fear, control, limitation. They're not talking to me because I'm not. I'm not rolling that way. Mm-hmm. Yes, one hundred percent. I was thinking about this this morning. It's like. Yes, we're in a yes, you could call this a game that we're living in, but you can create like you can create the game. It's not like you said, it's not singular, it's not just one game and you have to bargain away your power and your freedom and all of these things in order to make it. It's like no, like I am creating the game. Exactly. Exactly. And that's you know, that's the key is well what rules have we created for ourselves that are limiting? You know, and like, as you started off this conversation, like seeing that we have the keys to our own cages. So knowing that we're creating this game and are we creating the game um, in a way that's fun, in a way that's expansive, in a way that's collaborative. And if not, then where do I need to shift my own belief system slash the rules of my game, um, you know, to optimize my experience here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it seems like it's, it's so... Um... You know, people may be inclined to prioritize the their mind over their body. Like it's almost like the mind will be saying the mind and the body are, are literally speaking entirely different languages, and will side for the one that gives us you know the feeling of temporary comfort or you know temporary or false security really, um, and this certainty. And it's like lately, this is what I've been telling myself a lot is like I need to prioritize the clarity in my body over the certainty of my mind Mm, i love that are there specific techniques that you employ to do that meditation for sure and there's also another one that i've been really getting into is this thing that i call i call it power walking (laughs) 
Um, and there, there's just something about like walking, like listening to good music, moving the body, getting all the energy flowing within you that really connects you with it or reminds you of your connection with the body. Um, and for me, it just really helps me feel clear. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I'm curious, like what other, um, you know, what are some practices that help you, that help bring you into your body, um, and remind you of the truth? Mm, yeah. Um, I'm really into sound of late and making noise, not so much for how it sounds, but more for moving different vibratory frequencies through my body. Um, and then, and, you know, shaking and moving and similar to what you had said, I noticed the other day, you know, I'm, I'm <clears throat> my sun sign is Aquarius. I have a tendency to live in my head a lot. And I noticed the other day that I wasn't feeling so great. And I noticed, oh, my mind is working against me and I'm giving it too much power. And I just started singing in my car and just like moving my body however I wanted to, to just sh you shaking. I love shaking, you know, just like making everything move and shimmy and so that there's that kind of like reverberation going throughout everything. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. And also laying in the grass and staring at the sky. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> I love that. I, I, I think there's something really powerful about that type of movement practice where it's like, it's literally shaking you free of these ideas, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And reminding me what's real because they're not real and they're not even mine. And this is the only thing that I can, that I know is real in my reality. So just getting me, it's like pivoting to reality versus fiction. Yes. I love that. That's a very important point that you made it's like is it real like what is real like these ideas like they're not they're not real like like the ones that are programmed into us i mean that's what's so crazy about what i see happening on the planet right now is how much of it is a psyop and the and when i invite people to like well stay present with your lived reality in what you can see and feel and touch in your own community and, you know, because I, I know there's a lot of hysteria about how horrible things are and all these things. And I'm like, are you seeing it? Are you witnessing it? Are you experiencing it? Or is this what's being told you're supposed to believe in through a screen? Yeah. And how much simpler it would be were we to all defer to our lived experience and realize how blessed we are and how wonderful it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Yes, that, that's so amazing. And this is a nice segue into something a little bit more personal that I will share where, you know, I won't mention the person, um, but, you know, someone mentioned to me, and, and honestly, I would say throughout my life, throughout my life, I have been told, you know, how difficult, not, not only how difficult life is supposed to be in general, and how hard it's supposed to be in all of these things, but how difficult and how hard it is supposed to be as a black man. And for some reason i don't like i don't know maybe i maybe i was just born into like this like uh you know with just like this fight like this fiery need for sovereignty or whatever it may be but it's like it's never really clicked with me it's never really resonated like it's and you know i don't know like maybe i <laughs> maybe i need to experience more but but 
I don't really buy into that. It's like it's just never really clicked. Like that's just not in alignment with the power that I know my that I know myself to be. The power that I that I know I hold. Like it's almost like it's just not even on the same wavelength. Yeah, exactly. I'm I. I'm happy to hear you say that, and I have my own experience of that. You know, as a woman, as a Jewish woman, I've recently been diving into this, you know, this sort of background story on ancient Khazaria and this sort of like mass conversion to Judaism. And I'm looking at that and and just looking at how much, you know, from my own upbringing, the attempt to program me of being with this notion of being marginalized for all these different ways, whether it's being Jewish or being a woman or whatever it is. And I'm like, I'm not going to sign on to that story. It's so disempowering. And for me, it feels like a violation to even have those stories thrust my way. Like, don't invite me to sign on to something that would disempower me. I'm not going to give my power to these narratives. It's not my lived experience. I'm a free human being and there are a lot of blessings. And I see a lot of these narratives being moved around the social engineering space to disempower people. And I'm not into it. I don't like it. You know, I was at a restaurant and I had, you know, I very, 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 very rarely drink alcohol, but sometimes I'll have a little bit of mezcal socially. And I'd asked the waiter to recommend one. And he said, oh, I think you'll really love this one. It's a woman owned distillery. And I was like, don't do that. Don't ghettoize me. I don't care. It's not, that's not a thing. I want to know about the quality of the product. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. And thank you for sharing that. Um, something that's been on my mind lately is how like we, <laughs> because it's like, once you've tasted that freedom, once you've tasted that absolute power, God, source, whatever it is you want to call it, it's like it becomes very clear to you whenever you're bargaining away your freedom. And, and, and it's like like any any gap like that or misintegrity whatever you want to call it it's like it, it, it can't go unnoticed it can't go unnoticed and so it's like you know you talked a little bit about this earlier it's like it seems like this this idea of like letting go slowly is like not necessarily <laughs> you know what i mean because it's like because there's always going to be another opportunity to hang on exactly I really like how you said it, bargaining away your freedom. I got a full body chill when you said that, because that's exactly what it is. And either we're free or we're slaves. Like, that's it. And it's just like you said, once you know and you've tasted your freedom, then I'm not willing to take on these little crumbs of enslavement, you know, but especially when we understand how they program the subconscious mind and how they program reality and the larger implications of what it means as a co-creator of reality to sign on to like a little bit of victimhood for a few pity points that really have no value in the larger scheme of my life, you know? Oh, yes, so profound. And so I'm curious because I feel like it really, it can really help people to, uh, to hear other people who have, who have taken those leaps of faith um, and I've been able to let go of certain things in their reality. Um, and, and I've been able to consciously like recreate um, 
their life you know through kind of just disabling all of these different parts of us that are no longer serving us so i'm curious to hear a little bit you know about your journey and your story and you know some of those you know whether you want to call it the miracles or you know just like all of those types of things yeah well um at my first taste I, I i built an identity and a career out of victimhood and like milking other people's pity and i it started i was a competitive gymnast you know i started training very 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 young and we were you know working out seven hours a day and we weren't allowed to cry and you know you were given accolade for being tough and badasses and you know that's a lot I'm like a little girl and I um I fractured my foot during a workout and I was given all these props for still tumbling on a broken foot and um you know, we were on sugar-free diets from like seven on and whatnot. And my parents took me to the emergency room after, after my workout. And as we were waiting for the results of my x-rays, my dad brought me a cup of water and I took a sip and it was Sprite. And Sprite was something I wasn't allowed to have. I wasn't allowed to have soda. I wasn't allowed to have sugar. And I realized, oh, because I'm hurt, now I'm given a break and now I'm given these treats. And that kind of set up the programming for like, oh, when people feel sorry for me, when I'm when I'm injured or whatnot, it works in my favor. And then, you know, so many different iterations, but when I was writing for the LA Weekly, I wrote for them for 10 years, kind of, it became like a literary trick of like, everything was just like a little bit harder and this terrible thing happened and isn't the story all that much more interesting. And throughout the years and a lot of work on myself, I realized that getting attention for making things hard wasn't a literary career I wanted to have for myself. And once I fleshed it out of my professional life, I realized that those belief systems had still been so deeply ingrained in me that I was living my life that way. And I painted myself into this very small corner. Um, and one day I just woke, I woke up and I was like, I don't want this life anymore. Like, I don't care if people feel sorry for me. It's not adding value. I want to be an empowered, free reality creator. So it, I unraveled those things myself and a lot of it, most of it really was through the languaging and just watching how I told my story, how I was describing what happened to myself and noticing this really outdated tendency, tendency to language myself as a victim. And once I fleshed those out and you know, I'm sure there's still areas where I'm still in the process, mastery is, is an ever unfolding verb, right? It's not a noun, it's something we're continuing to do. But life just became way more fun. And I learned experientially that it's way more fun to be an empowered reality creator than to be a victim. And so from that experience, it's become my passion to empower people with the tools so that they can do that themselves. And so that we can come together and create a much better, more fun, more abundant, more peaceful, more sustainable reality for all of us. Mm, yes, what's coming up for me is like, and thank you for sharing. It's like, if you, <laughs> if you are not creating, then something else is for you. Like, there, it, it's almost like there's really, you know, maybe there is an in-between. But <laughs> for me, like, it really seems like it's, you know, like, it's, it's very profound, the difference. Mm -hmm. um, and we can't you know, sidestep or overlook some of the smallest areas 
the, 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 the seemingly small or insignificant areas in which we are giving away our power, um, you know, especially and particularly when it comes down to the words that we're using about our experience. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious, what were you like as a kid and how do you think it translates to the way you show up right now? <laughs> um, as a kid, I was fierce, still am, um, really driven, really, you know, I wanted to be an Olympic champion. So I was just extremely focused, um, very high strung, very type A, very, um, tightly wound, you know, like I never wanted to like miss school or miss practice or, you know, very achievement oriented, which is something I'm still in the process of unraveling and transmuting. And that's sort of like, um, a piece of hierarchy, which I'm excited for a lot of us to let go of. And it's weird because growing up, I was given a lot of accolade for being a champion and being a straight A student and knowing now the way I was wired, that type of feedback I was getting wasn't really the best thing for me. Um, so I was very much, you know, like straight A student overachiever, um, but like secret weirdo, you know, always like to be by myself and secretly meditating and doing witchy things. And, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, and so what, I'm curious, like how you really started to like understand the power of the word and to like really get deep into like that, that realm. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been, you know, I was always a writer, even as a little, little kid, I was always writing stories. And then, um, you know, I studied journalism in graduate school and I learned, I was always working with words. So I was, you know, honing that craft and spending a lot of time with words. And in my twenties, I was in, um, I'd have been in my thirties, but I, I, I entered a pretty witchy shamanic phase where I was working with a lot of plant medicine. I was working with a lot of different shamans and just having a lot of mystical experiences and different initiations. And I had been um, an Ashtanga yogi for quite a long time, which is a very, very intense, very physical yoga practice. And one night I went to bed completely healthy person and I woke up in the middle of the night, like this arm was paralyzed. My whole body was hunched over. There was so much pain. I didn't understand what was happening. And I had five compressed discs in my upper cervical spine. And it was just a sort of, you know, moving my body in ways that looked very impressive, but weren't ultimately healthy for me for so many years. So I spent about 28 days on the couch that my left arm was completely paralyzed and I was in so much pain. And I just kept going back and forth to my bookshelf, grabbing different, different, you know, books to pass the time. And I found this book called Hidden Language Codes by R. Neville Johnson. I had no recollection of buying it, didn't know how it got there. And in this book, this man talked about being shot point blank in the chest six times. He died. And while he was dead, he downloaded these languaging codes. Um, Obviously, he came back to life. Um, And so after I read this book, 
you know, I went back into writing articles and doing my writer thing, um, words just started to speak to me in a much different way. And they started showing me visually the effects that they were having on the audience. And I remember being at a, like a, a complimentary workshop for a very uh, successful, you know, life coach who was pitching a very expensive mastermind. And in this workshop, she was telling the audience effectively, if they didn't sign up for her thing, that they would fail. Not, not overtly, but that was the message. And I watched as the words came out of her mouth and shut down her audience and disempowered her audience and put a lot of fear in the audience. And I just, from there, it was just like a, a 5D relationship with words started to form and the words kept asking for more and more attention. And I'd be like, but I'm on a deadline. Like, I know you want me to explore this one specific frequency, this one specific word. And I have 2000 words that I need to turn in on Thursday. And it was, it was me like staving off the words and finally just surrendering and understanding, okay, I've been tasked with, with unearthing, you know, this paradigm of communication and then it was just from seeing the effects that it had in my life and just seeing how simply changing one word would create so much change and so much evolution for me and seeing it out of other people's lives and just, yeah, just, I, I, I look at it like I am a student of the words and I am, um, basically a servant of the words and I kind of just serve them and unpack what I can in service to, to us understanding that language isn't just a communication tool, it is reality, reality creation technology. And I'm so excited for the masses to get it, you know, so that because once we all get it and are aware and are utilizing our words more consciously and constructively, our world is going to change so fast for the better in such a fun way. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Reality creation technology. That's I love that. And something that you that you said that really like had a visual. Like you said you woke up and you were paralyzed. And I was like, Okay, like what did she say before that? And you're like, You were moving yourself in all these ways that seemed impressive, but they were unnatural. And and that is what we are convinced so often into doing it's like you know we try to stretch ourselves into all of these certain ways that we think are going to help us but then we wake up and we're literally we can't move like we're we're paralyzed we we're not free you know um and that is so powerful just in general about the word and how it the word itself is like a universe like it holds so much information and i'm and i am curious to hear more from you about this but it's like you know i feel like it comes with a lot of information but there's also a lot of information that we can almost program into it which is so interesting and so i'm curious like how do you navigate (laughs) how, how do you navigate those dimensions where it's like yeah it's a lot because there's You know, there's what I know about words, the speaker's intentions, the chasm between what the speaker's intending, what I'm assuming the speaker's intending, what they don't know about the words, plus everything, you know, our own personal relationship to specific words. So I find 
I've talked to some other people who work with language in this this way that I do, and it's super frustrating is what it is. Because mm-hmm. I'll see people who don't understand the damage that they're doing, and they have the best of intentions. Um, and getting people to understand the effect that their words are having if they're not necessarily familiar with this paradigm or even interested in this paradigm. Um, it's a lot, you know, I'm sure you must have that. This is someone with an expanded consciousness and a lot of self-awareness and dealing with people who aren't as self-aware and who haven't done as much work and meeting people where they're at, but understanding that we're playing, you know, with really advanced technology in ways that are sometimes extremely reckless. Um, it's frustrating. You know, I find my, my Aquarian self where I'm like in the future and impatient for people to catch up so that we can stop hurting one another and hurting the planet in the way that we're doing because we're such an immature species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? 100%. I think it's... Mm. There's so much there. I, I really like what you said about the intention because the, the intention is like the, it's like the energy behind it. Um, and, 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 and I would say like in my life, like I'm so intentional and, and deliberate about how I'm using my words. <laughs> um, does that come naturally for you or is that something you've learned? I would say maybe a bit of both. I honestly think, you know, some of it could kind of come from childhood and me, me feeling like I have to be on my toes a lot. Um, and, and, you know, not step on anyone's toes or like, um, or, um, to not bother anyone or or to be perfect or whatever it may be. Just like that energy, um, I feel to some degree kind of, um, maybe steered me into this direction where it's like, I was more inclined to try to just be like perfect with every word that came out. Um, but I really feel like, you know, on the other end, like there really is this aspect of me that like, like I know that I'm creating with everything that I say, you know? And so, you know, one of my most powerful practices is like every morning, whenever I take a cold shower, every time I do it, I, I, I will literally like stand there in the shower for like five minutes talking to myself before I turn it cold. And I'm like, Nick, like, you know, like, like, you know, how powerful of a foundational practice this is for you. You know that it makes, that it helps you um, become more clear every day, more free every day, more present every day, more grounded every day. Um, you know, you're you're more in love every day. You, like like all of these things, and, and this is creating that. Or, or even whenever like I'm eating, um, there's a snack that I'll make often that's like a mix of like sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, and add a bunch of stuff to it to like actually make it taste good. And I'm like, Nick, like you eating these seeds right now are, is representative of all of the seeds that you're planting in your reality every day with your consciousness, the seeds of freedom, the seeds of power, the seeds of strength, the seeds of courage, all of these different things, right? And so I'm eating these seeds and these seeds are literally going into me and I'll do like a visualization, like I'll see the seeds like literally going into every cell and like all of these different things. And it's just like that, like just that conscious creation. And it's, you know, it's so fun, right? (laughs) 
it's so fun, but uh, but then it's also like you're talking yourself into your cold shower because there's an element of it that's like uncomfortable, scary. You know, I I think there's a, like that fear in showing up for ourselves. There's that fear in being our best. There is, I know I navigate that and I don't know what that is. It's some like nebulous existential thing before I sit down to write. Like there's this urge to run away or distract myself because I'm so terrified. And I'm like, why am I terrified of my dharma? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Yes, 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 yes. I'm just curious, how long have you been starting your morning with um, cold showers? I'd say two or three years. Wow. <laughs> um, and what have you noticed? What is your experience of that? You know, the cold showers themselves, like actually turning the knob, I would say it, it, it doesn't get like tremendously easier to turn it. But like once you're in it, there's just something about knowing that you can be okay you know like you can be just finding that source source within you no matter what and that's like something that i i tell myself often too is like it's it's helping you find your center anywhere especially if you can do something like that first thing in the morning that is like i mean oh my oh my goodness (laughs) yeah um and there's something just in general too like you know obvious and i'm of course you know this but it's like whenever you're navigating your reality in general and these things are happening you can literally create magic with any single thing that happens simply by by um, first like noticing your response having the awareness of how you're responding whether it be in your thoughts or how you're speaking about it whatever um but then like literally like reshaping it and saying okay this is what I want to create instead. You know? Yeah. Well, totally. so, so like, for example, there was this podcast episode that I recorded um, late last year. And in this episode, <laughs> so, like, I recorded it, like, I started, I hit the record button in, on that podcast a little bit before we actually started our conversation. And the woman disclosed some information that, she said that she would not want to be in the actual recording she was like hey like can you just like cut this part out of the whole thing and i was like yeah and i go back to edit the podcast and it was probably like a month later when i started to edit it and i just completely forgot to edit that part out completely so i posted the podcast sent it to her and everything and she responds back she's like hey like this needs to be taken down immediately and edited because um you kept the part in and I was like, oh my, like, it was, like, the reaction that I felt in my body was, like, there was so much fear there. Like, it felt like everything was crumbling. And so I had to sit there with myself and be like, okay, like, you can create something with this. Like, like this is not, like, I feel like it, it can be so easy to look at these circumstances in our life and, like, you know, be the victim and be like, oh, like, this is happening to me like everything sucks but it's like no like this is an opportunity to become the creator every time that we're a victim we can either continue to be the victim or we can turn into 
the creator by simply just taking responsibility. Um, and there's so much power there. And so what? I, <laughs> and so what I said with that, I was like, okay, I'm gonna repost this podcast. But at the same time, I know that this is one of the best podcasts that I've ever recorded. And so this is happening for me. This is happening because it would it, it would potentially be a bad look <laughs> if so many people, you know, came on to this podcast, you know, first time listeners, whatever it may, whoever it may be, and they listened to this whole unedited part that I said that I would unedit and it's still there. And you know, like what would happen? And so I was like, okay, I know, and, and I'm speaking this into, in this moment, I was like, I'm speaking this into existence right now. This is gonna be one of my most listened to podcasts. And so, you know, I did the whole thing where I edited it, reposted it, and the numbers, oh my God, like it just kept going and going and going. I was like, this is crazy. Like I literally spoke this into existence. Powerful, so powerful. I love the whole, like that whole journey for you of having like quote unquote messed it up, given yourself an opportunity to learn and to grow. And that intention that you set in speaking aloud that this would be the most watched. And what really struck me the most, which I feel like is one of the most powerful tools for any human on the planet, is the mindset of this is happening for me. Like that is the difference between a reality creator, an empowered being, and a victim, is this is happening to me instead of, or this is happening for me. And when we're when we're filtering our every experience through that, this is happening for me, everything changes. Literally everything changes. Yes, you have so many resources. Everything is a resource. Exactly. Exactly. Every and the fact that this is a this is a growth game here. Like this is not a planet of perfection. This is a planet of growth and evolution. And we grow by making mistakes and tripping and having kerfuffles and having like awkward mishaps. That's where the growth comes from. When everything is smooth sailing, then there's no reason to pivot. Then there's no reason, you know, to question ourselves, to look at ourselves from a different perspective. So we need those hiccups to do what we came here to do, which is to grow. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm curious, what are some you know, like where, like, where would you say that people can get started? Like, let's say, you know, whether you're hmm, figuring out how to phrase this question to really bring out, you know, and I know you'll show up, <laughs> you know, um, but what are some techniques or some foundations um, that you really hold close to your heart, like when it comes to language? Okay. I think first and foremost is some sort of mindfulness practice. I'm also a daily meditator. I, I'm a big believer in free will and never telling anyone what to do. And I strongly encourage people to have some sort of meditation practice or mindfulness practice so that we can get into that witness consciousness so that we can start to hear ourselves because most of our languaging patterns or communication patterns that are working against us are unconscious. You know, we don't hear 
how we're talking about ourselves. So, so some sort of practice that allows us to have the skill set to be able to hear what we're saying is really, really helpful. I find like that's the biggest piece in um, mastering the language of deliberate intent or mastering the language of creation and wonderfulness is the ability to actually hear ourselves. And then from there, I would say, how are you telling your story? You know, And are you telling your story in a way that sets you up as the hero? Or are you telling your story in a way that it's setting you up as the victim? And any place in our lives where we feel stuck, where we feel limited, where we're not manifesting the way we want to be manifesting, how are we talking about it? What's our story around it? And to just, and from there, break down the story to see where we're disempowering ourselves, where we're limiting ourselves, where we're painting ourselves into corners. You know, I have a ton of free videos on my channels. Um, I left YouTube last year after a bunch of censorship nonsense. Um, but I have a ton of free content that will just point people to specific words and phrases that um, I see a lot of people habitually using and not realizing that these words are, are disempowerment tools. So once we have that awareness of the words and phrases that are disempowering, um, to then get in the practice of listening to ourselves and see where we're shooting ourselves in the foot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so powerful. Thank you so much. For sure. And so I have two more questions for you. The first one is, what is some soul food for thought that you have for the listeners? Soul food for thought. Um, I'm really obsessed right now with, and this is what I'm writing a book on, is um, where there's this misunderstanding in our culture that patriarchy is the biggest problem, right? And that's, you know, I'm, it, it's a big shorthand here. But the fix that people are seem to be inviting is for those who were formerly marginalized to take their place on top and to step on those who used to be on top and put them on the bottom. That's hierarchy. So hierarchy is a system that alleges for there to be winners, there need to be losers. And I invite people to really question that and to start to examine where we are doing hierarchies, bidding for it, and empowering an outdated system. From my perspective, to switch the players in a dead game of inequality is not a solution because we're one human species. So if any segment of our human species is being invited to take short shrift so that others could take their place at the top, then we're all losing because we're all one. And it's only going to breed the same resentment, the same inequality. It's the same old game. So from my perspective, the solution is not a different iteration of hierarchy. It's to evolve into heterarchy and to evolve into a structure where there is no status or privilege anymore. Of course, we all play different roles, right? And I'm, I'm a big believer in, in free will, in free market capitalism, not debt enslavement, but in a system where everyone has equal opportunity so that we can rise to the top. So I'm, I invite people to look at where we are 
sustaining a system of inequality through our language, you know, where we're still speaking inequality and not realizing we're doing it. You know, my, my best friend has a two-year-old and he's, it's so sweet. And I learned so much from watching that, that process, but for a while he was telling me, instead of telling me all the ways that his son was wonderful, he would tell me the ways that his son was more advanced and was better than other kids. And, you know, I, I just offered this reflection of, I'm excited to hear why he's wonderful in and of himself. I'd, and, and personally, I don't wanna be an ear for why he's better. And for that to be a way that, you know, you're taking pride as a father or, you know, programming him to think that he gets accolade when he's better than others. I just want to hear why he's wonderful in his own unique way. And I don't need to hear how that compares to anyone else. So I invite us to really look at where we are sustaining a culture of inequality and competition and privilege in these little subtle ways and invite us to feel into um, not being in competition with everyone, not think, not buying into a system that tries to convince us that there's not enough to go around, that someone has to lose so that we could win, to get out of that whole enslavement construct um, because it's not real and we don't have to live that way. Mm, that's so profound. Or, or that you have to lose in order for you to win, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's that I have to make myself small to apologize for certain things, to make it better on some social scale. Like, I don't want anyone <laughs> making themselves small. I don't want anyone disempowering themselves. I want us all to be as big and wonderful and expanded and realized and expressed as we could possibly be. Like, that's the world I'm choosing to live into. Mm -hmm. yeah it's about like recognizing like where we are being a character in a dead game because the the dead game the outdated game board like it's not sustainable like that's not where we're going you know what i mean and so it, it, it it's so futile to hold on to this idea of how we think things are and, and to play and, and to set and to sacrifice our freedom in order to to remain in that it's just yeah <laughs> yeah it's real it's really nutty to witness and it's you're right it's not sustainable and it's not like that's the beauty of everything breaking down right now is it's so primed for us to up level it you know we don't have to we don't have to waste time taking sledgehammers to the system. It's destroying itself. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, system, for destroying yourself. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, obviously, like, you know, it take it takes all of us to take, as individuals that, you know, begin that, you know, to, to initiate that work within ourselves. You know, like, I, I'm speaking about these things and because I, I feel connected to my truth, um and you know I, i'm very passionate about it but i'm still doing my work i still have you know i still have these blind spots that i'm taking care of and gaining clarity on so you know of course i mean that that is a for me that is an ongoing everyday thing something ruffles me 
Where can I take responsibility? What is it pointing to in me that is inviting acknowledgement, that is inviting integration? This is the only way for us to get to this, you know, sort of second tier new earth utopia is through each, every single one of us taking personal responsibility for all of our stuff. That's the prescription. Yes, 100%. So finally, Danny, what to you is the meaning of life? Meaning of life. <sighs> I want this to be <laughs> to be succinct. Um, and I think there are a bunch of different pieces. I think everyone has their own unique mission and their own unique uh, reason for incarnating. So I think it's for every person to find out what that is and to live it authentically. Um, And I mean, for me personally, from my worldview and my perspective, it's to grow and to liberate ourselves, right? It's to, to free ourselves from our traumas and our suffering and our indoctrination so that we really can really truly know full awakened liberation um, and allow ourselves and everyone else their own path, their own pace, their own way of getting there. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, Danny, I really appreciate your freedom, your enthusiasm, your passion, your fire. Um, and yeah, I, I, and, and your mission (laughs) and your embodiment, like I, I really, um, honor and admire your expression and I really appreciate you for being on this show. Aw, thank you, Nick. Thank you. That feels really good. Thank you for seeing me. Thank you for holding such a, such a grounded, expanded, intentional space. And thank you for inspiring me to get back on the cold shower day opening yeah let's do it um well yeah thank you danny and thank you everyone for listening to this show i'll talk to you soon sounds good thanks nick and if you want to hear more from me follow me on instagram at nickwalks underscore one and from there you'll see all of my content and a link that will show you all of my offerings whether it be booking a one-on-one session my donation page my youtube or the application for my month-long mentorship. Thanks again for listening to the show, and I'll talk to you soon.